Welcome to The Time Is Now. I am your host, Michael Stafford. It is Tuesday, November the 1st. Yeah, let's get to it. The Raiders, my Raiders got stomped. My goodness. Is anyone watching the World Series? But first, the Lakers win. The Lakers win, people. The Lakers win. Yeah. We got a great show this week, so sit back, relax, and I'll see you on the other side. Yeah, that's right. This week, we're going to start with my Raiders. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're going to start with my Lakers, man. My Lakers got that dub. Come on, somebody. They got that dub. And I know y'all know this. Y'all know. I know what's going on. Y'all hating. Y'all hating. See, this is the thing. I, I, I had this conversation before. I'm not, I'm not part of that losing mentality. And, and I know, and people question it. Oh, they dumped all the water on their coach and what have you. That's because that was their head coach's first win as a head coach. They were celebrating him. They would have won game one. They would have done the same exact thing. So let's start there. Now, back on to what was happening. People want to hate on the Lakers and, and, and how things have, have been this season and saying that, oh, they're not playing great and, and, and they suck and they distance and that. Before I ever get on that, as I'm watching the game, when the Lakers in the third quarter go on that 17, they actually went on a 13-0 run to finish the third quarter, sparked by Lonnie Walker, who had 11 of those um, um, 11 of those points. They went on a 17-0 run. Momentum completely shifted the last few minutes of the third quarter going into the fourth quarter. Lonnie Walker had 11 of those points. I'm telling you, Lonnie Walker, I was so excited when they signed him. I said, dude, we need someone that physical. We need someone that's that athletic. He's only 6'4". He's an undersized 2 and 3, but he could be a big point guard. And I said, when this whole thing with Russ gets figured out, it'd be great to have him start at the point guard position. Or be that lightning bolt off the bench. I don't know. It's a lot of things to figure out. We're still early in the season. There's a lot of different speculations of stuff that's supposed to be happening and going on. So who really, really knows? Right? And People want to get into all these different reasons. Oh, the Lakers are only one and six. The Lakers are only one and six. I'm like, dude, look at all the other teams. You acting like we have the Brooklyn Nets, I believe, only won one game as well, right? You know, I'm sorry, they're two and five now. They're two and five, but no one's focusing on the Brooklyn Nets. Yes, we can look at we can look at uh, Ben Simmons' inabilities, and that's concerning. I have him on my fantasy team, and I did not know he would look this putrid. Uh, he definitely has some mental things going on with him. And that's kind of scary. But who's who's talking anything about the Heat? Are we really going to see it? Now, the thing with the East, they may be more legit of how it's set up right now because the best team is the Bucks, 6-0, and, and that's without Chris Middleton. That's without Chris Middleton. 
right? And mind you, they have some of the best two-way players. You, you see over here, uh, Drew Holiday, who I wish I had on my team, who's giving them double-doubles every other night with his points and assists. And then Giannis giving double-doubles with his points and rebounds. And they both play defense, getting steals and blocks. So when you bring Chris Middleton into that, you have three your top three players are two-way players. Not a lot of teams can say that. Cavaliers can't say that. Celtics can't say that because because Tatum is not known for playing defense. Jalen Brown, mm, maybe. Brogdon, mm, maybe. Like, if you see where I'm going with this, and the Celtics are up there doing pretty well right now, but we don't know what's going on with the 76ers, and we really don't believe that the Knicks are better than the 76 that's, that's my point. Because you have teams like the Heat and the Nets at the cellar. But at least the East looks more how we expect it to look. Like, because you have the the Bucks, Cavaliers, Celtics, Raptors, Hawks. That those teams are top five, top seven teams. They they are. They, they've been like that for for some years now. So the last couple of years, or a couple of seasons. So that's pretty accurate. And most of the teams are healthy. We go to the West. We really going to say that the, the the Trailblazers and the Suns are the top teams. Now this is the thing. Dame did not play most of last year, and with the whole trade with New Orleans and 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 whatnot. And seeing Simon step up, the Trailblazers are, we should have expected them to be a playoff contending team. I didn't. Um, I looked a lot into them not having Dame. I, I projected that Dame would not want to be there. I still don't feel that they're that good because they're not good enough defensively. I don't feel like they're a good enough defensive team. Um, they give up a lot of points. So, yeah, they're 5-1, and one, but Dame got hobbled and now they got beat. The Suns, too. The Suns are the world beaters of the regular season. Like I don't, I don't think that they're anything special. I think we are, we know who they, who they are. I still don't believe that their center. I can't remember his name. I still don't think that their center um, wants to be there because of the fact that they did not sign him early, and then they all they did was match what was given elsewhere. And I believe that was Indiana who gave him that offer, that offer sheet when he was a restricted free agent, and things like that sit with you. Like, are you doing right? Because you already got your money. Now it's just like, let me just play. Let me just be a professional. But are you really giving your heart and soul to a team who didn't truly believe in you? And you you were in odds with the coach just last year when y'all getting bounced up the playoff um, unceremoniously. And then you have, now you're in your team ownerships in limbo. And then you have a Chris Paul who tends to wear on his team after three to four years. They kind of they kind of get tired of hearing his voice. So you have a lot of things in flux right there. Yeah, they're five and one, but I don't believe in them. And you really believe the Spurs? We all projected them to be in the win by Giannis sweepstakes. And they're the third best team in the West. And, and the Jazz, who just are, who literally are, are, are doing a fire sale on their entire team, got rid of their best two players. They're all-stars. They're gone. And they're the fourth best team. Come on, man. Come on. That's what I'm saying. Like, the top three out of the top four teams right now in the West are, are going to end up being lottery teams. Lottery teams. So I go down and I look at the bottom. Yeah, the Lakers are down there. They're 14th out of, out of 15. Okay. And who's there with them? Clippers and the Warriors. Clippers and the Warriors are down there with them. Now, we know the stuff of Kawhi and everything like that, but at the end of the day, they, they acquired um, uh, 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 John Wall, and you still have Paul George, and they seem like they're just like they're playing the long game. And I believe the Lakers are doing so as well. I'll get back to Lakers in a second. I'm going to circle back to my team. Um, the Warriors as well. Clay resting. You know, they're coming off the championship. They had a very long year and a very, they have the shortest offseason. Okay. And they have a lot of, they, they're trying to get their young people in, involved and acclimated. Why has it been in and out? 
they're just trying to get these. You, you need to tell me the Warriors going to finish in the, in the bottom third of the West. Stop it. So if the Warriors, the Warriors are only a game and a half above the Lakers right now. Lakers are still in spitting distance of everyone else. There's no large step for them to be uh, uh, like, like, you know, in, in the playoff contention. It's early. It's early. We haven't got through the first 10 games. If you look at it like this, five games or so in the NBA is considered like a week in football. So if you lose five games in a row, it's like you lost one week in football. So you mean to tell me after one week in football that a team's done? Think about it. 82 games versus 17 games. Five game loser streak, whatever you want to call it. Doesn't mean you're done. You can come back and, and go out of your first five and come back and win. And so the first six games, you're one and five. And if your next six games, you're four and two, what are you? You see what I'm saying? And you, and you keep repeating that. Four and two, four and two. Next thing you know, you're moving right up that ladder. And it's not hard to do. Yes, their schedule is not looking easy, but no one's schedule looks easy. Because in basketball, everyone plays each other. So it's ridiculous to say. It's ridiculous to say. So when I cruise up that ladder and I look at teams like the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard missing a game again, he was my number two draft pick. I got Anthony Davis, injury prone, and I got Kawhi Leonard. Good God almighty, why did I do that? I had to change the name of my team to the Injury Reserve All-Stars. The Injury Reserve All-Stars. Ira. That's the name of my fantasy basketball team, man. Kawhi Leonard is milking it. I'm sorry. I got to say this. I was going to bring on one of my friends who's a who's a local Clipper fan. He might be on one of these days. It's a long season. I'm sure I'll get him on here. You know, Kawhi Leonard milking it. I'm sorry. I had to say it. And they've been saying this way back to San Antonio. And the reason why he balled out that last year, they still allow him to milk it a little bit. When he got to the playoffs, I guess he wasn't hurt anymore. And they won the championship based because mainly because a lot of people got hurt. A lot of people from Golden State got hurt, so they won. But they, you know, he got a lot of luck going on his side when he won. Kawhi Leonard plays what he wants to play. This offseason, he, he didn't play all last season. Came back this season, he looked like a bull, like he's been living in the gym. Living in the gym. And when the season starts, oh, we're going to rest or oh, we're going to monitor his knee. Listen, if his leg is that bad, retire. But he won't. He's gonna get that check. This man doesn't love basketball. He's playing about. He's he's getting paid. That's how he's being advised to do. Let's let's go ahead and then in your contract here, ball out again. Show him you still got something. That's what he did in Toronto. You think I'm making it up? Go ahead and see. He's not about winning. If he was about really, if he was really about winning, he would have joined the Lakers. And I'm glad he didn't. Glad he didn't. What would they be right now? What what salary cap would they have? He's not even movable piece. At least Restbook is movable. He's not movable. And y'all talk about AD all you want to. AD has played in more games in the last four years than Kawhi Leonard has. Look it up. There's a lot of players like that in the league that AD has played more than. And I believe AD's problems, a lot of it is mental, to be honest with you. Because if y'all saw that play when he was wincing at his back, it made no sense for him to be wincing in that moment. Twice in that game when he was wincing, it, it didn't make a lot of sense. After the shot went in, then you wince. When you should have winced on the first jump. And then you wave them off. Anyone who has back problems, no, you can't just wave somebody off and walk it off. That's not how that works. When your back is done, your back's done. You're, you're like, I need to stretch it out, put hot heat on it, sit down. Once you wince like that, you're not going to play after that and catch a lob. It doesn't work that way. I think a lot of his problems are mental. And I think a lot of his injuries have be become because of the mental lapses that he has. 
and they're putting themselves in bad positions to have those mental lapses. So when I look at the totality of everything, I don't know. So with Kawhi Leonard's situation, I truly believe they're going to go ahead and make a huge change to the CBA just because of him. Kawhi Leonard milking it and, and not playing and doing this this because he he learned this from Popovich and he's taking it to the next level. Popov is different when the when the, the organization and the coach are managing you like, oh, it's a back-to-back and I have all these old veterans. But then now you're an up-and-coming star when he started this. And once you have an energy, injury, now you're sitting here doing it yourself and having your own doctor's approvals and doing all these different things. And now because of the fact that you're a two-time finals MVP, undeserving, I might add, because the first one, because you were guarding it. The first one is no, is no better than 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 um, uh, Andre Iguodala's finals MVP because you were guarding the best player who was LeBron James. And you got that one. And the second one's because KD and Clay go down. Give me a break. You, but there's either here or there. You know, if anyone who remembers and watches this, he wouldn't, in history, will tell it different. But those who are there in the moment know better. So at the end of the day, because you're, you're hanging off of those accolades, you're getting everything. And then you have one of the dumbest owners in sports. Yeah, he's one of the richest, but he's an idiot if you listen to him talk when it comes to basketball. So he's going to give you all the money. So you found your dummy and gave you whatever you want to give you. You got Paul George. You lost five picks. And anyone who talks about the AD trade, that Paul George trade looks a lot worse because at least the Lakers got a championship, bubble or not. Bubble or not, they got their championship. What is Paul George giving you? All right, what, you know, pandemic P? Okay, remember that? Wasn't that long ago. I feel like the NBA is going to, when they do their CBA agreement and all the stuff that people like Kawhi of the world have put them through, they're going to make some changes, man. They're going to have clauses in there that's going to make you play and, and and make it harder for you to tank. But those players who are doing a lot of that management and they understand they want to keep you healthy, but they're going to have clauses in your contracts to where the organization wants to pay you money or it won't count against their salary cap or it, like the money they pay you won't count against the uh, uh, the luxury taxes or things like that. It's good. They're going to find strategic ways where either you don't make your money or make 100% of your money or where it could benefit the organization to where they can still go ahead and, and accumulate assets. Tell me what I know. They're going to find it because, because have, and then the other part is you have a player like that, a marquee player, all-star caliber player who decides not to play a night when that might be the only night some young kid when little Johnny can come and see you play. Back in the days, people took ownership and pride in playing 82 games. This is another thing. Why do you have to do the whole sit out the entire game? Just manage your minutes. Rest while you're on the court like LeBron and other players do. If you're hurt, hurt. I'm sorry, if you're injured, you're injured. But if you're hurt, you can play through hurt. You can play through hurt. It's the difference with being hurt and being injured. If you're hurt, you're going to be hurt. No one's going to play 75, 70, 75, 82 games unscathed. It's impossible because you're doing too much running, jumping. You're a high-level athlete. If I play at LA Fitness every week, not even every other night, every week for a year, I'm going to be playing hurt. Somewhere down the line, I'm going to be hurt. My ankle could be hurt. My back's going to be hurt. I'm going to have some scars, some bruises. It's a fact. These guys play 82 games in a year. You guys playing three to four nights a week. Yeah, you're going to be hurt. <laughs> so they definitely have to make a change there. So as we look about everything in the landscape and we look at the trade scenarios as Westbrook had a great game. Shout out to Westbrook. Um, looks like you had your contacts on that night. 
you know, I'm the one who said he needed glasses. And um, out there doing some big things, man. I really appreciate what he's done. But if you haven't heard this yet, if you haven't heard this clip by uh, by center Miles Turner from the Indiana Pacers about the potential trade of Russell Westbrook, listen to this. Been hearing it for months. So I'll ask you, if you're the Lakers, would you do the two picks? <laughs> would you do the two picks? Oh, that's, that's such an intriguing question <laughs> at that. Um, I think personally, you know, when you look at this business of the league and, you know, knowing the landscape of the league, you know, you have to go off your future, right? And think, we, we all know pictures are so valuable in this league. And someone like myself, I'm heading into the last year of my you know, my deal. And you want to make sure, you know, you're getting a return, you know, for your assets, right? So, you know, if I'm the Lakers, I take a very hard look at this with the position that you're in. I know what I can provide for a team, you know, my, my leadership, my shot blocking, you know, my three-point ability, and just my ability to make plays out there on the floor. And I take a very long look at it. But as far as pulling the trigger, you know, that's uh, – I get paid to shoot. Now, you know, I'm not meant to make these calls, so I, I couldn't answer that. You've <laughs> been hearing it from – All right, so you heard that there. You heard it from the – from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Miles Turner <laughs> on the podcast talking about the potential trade that's been looming for at least half the season last season of Westbrook going to the Indiana Pacers for Buddy Hield and himself. And but it's those two picks. Those two picks the Lakers don't want to give up. And the way Russ is playing coming off the bench, I remember I said it, play him 32 minutes off the bench. He's gonna average you 18, 8, and 8. What's his exact numbers the other night? 32 minutes. 18, 8, and 8, and he was 50% from three. It's totally doable. It's totally doable, and if he accepts his new role, it works both ways for Russ. Either he's going to help this team win it or get, be a contender because nobody in the league's giving you 18, 8, and 8 off the bench. Nobody. So he could easily be sixth man of the year reinventing himself. Now, by reinventing himself, you could you already get the roar come off the bench. No one's going to give you that ovation, but LA. Yes, we hated you. I won't say hated you, but we were upset because of the way you were playing and, and inability to fit in. You got to understand, LeBron and AD gave us a championship, so we know they were. And you come in and you undermine Vogel, get Vogel gets fired, and you decimate the team with all your turnovers and whatever. Now LeBron's actually looking like you last season, breaking a lot of shots, airballing, and giving a lot of turnovers. We won't talk about that right now, will we? Nope. Nope. We ain't going to talk about LeBron right now. I ain't trying to have y'all come for me. This ain't the day for that. But my point still is, Russ, either way, this helps you. You can either ball out for the Lakers or increase your trade stock because now other teams will, are willing to take on that, and then you still can have a future in this league. I've said it before Kendrick Perkins has been saying it lately. I said, Russ is going to play himself out of the league. It's not our fault that after 14 seasons, you have yet to develop your game, evolve your game. So since your game has not evolved, you're going to be just somebody who just comes off the bench and just be that spark plug off the bench. You're no longer a starter on a contending team. You can start for a bottom feeder. And a lot of those bottom feeder teams have rookies on rookie deals like Detroit, Houston, playing your same position, Orlando, playing your same position, but for like a quarter of the cost. So where are you going to fit in the league? You're going to have to make less than half of what you're making now. You're going to have to make like $15 million a year, one-year, two-year deals, two-year, $30 million contract, two-year, $28.9 million off the bench, or you're out the league. And as of right now, you're looking like the Carmelo, going to be out the league. So that game, if you can continue to play that way, things can happen. Now, back to Miles Turner, the potentials of him coming to the team. 
Lakers are not going to just move Russell Westbrook anymore because they're going to take on two contracts. So they're going to have to waive people or just trade people off. And a lot of players, there's not a lot of players that can trade with Russ that they could go ahead and move. There's one that could move, open up some cap space and whatnot because right now he's kind of playing himself out of the rotation because of the Matt Ryans and the Cole Swiders of the world. And then, mind you too, Dennis Schroeder has yet to come back. I feel like Kendrick Nunn's on the way out. Because the way this team runs, like, yes, and that's the thing. He's one of the shooters, on the one of the rare shooters they have on this team. And that's the funny thing. I remember telling you guys that the Lakers have shooters just the wrong people are shooting. Hmm. They got their win, shooting about 44% from three. Who was shooting it? Matt Ryan. Lonnie Walker. I don't think AD attempted a three. And if you take out, if you take out LeBron's three-point attempts, which were pretty poor, Lakers are shooting over 50% from the role players from three. I'm trying to tell you what I know. It's about getting the right people in the right position to score. AD, get your butt to the block or even shoot mid-range, but do not shoot a three. I don't care if you can make it. You shouldn't be shooting it because when you're at your best, you're shooting them right around 30%, 28 to 30%. That's not good. If you're not shooting at 34 to 36%, I don't want you shooting them, period. Period. So don't shoot them. LeBron, same goes for you. If you can't shoot them over 35%, don't shoot them. Shoot them when you're trying to go on that streak, whatever. But don't make it part of your repertoire. Go to the basket. Get fouled. Bully ball them. You're big. And that's the difference. You have the right people shooting it. Austin Reeves shot a couple of good ones. You had the new Matty Ice, who's a gunner. Lonnie Walker, streaky. The right people shoot it, and you'll get some of those makes. You'll get some of those makes, and we'll get some more, get some more of those Ws. But people that's already been signed, I believe the people who, like, you have the Kendrick Nunn, if you want to move Russ before December, if you're going to move him before Thanksgiving, you have to move Kendrick Nunn with Russ. But I think they're going to move someone like Dennis Schroeder or or, or the like, Juan Toscano-Anderson or someone like that. They're going to Or, or Wenyan Gabriel, who they re-signed. The guys they re-signed, they have to wait three months before they can move them. So I don't see anything happening so they can unlock all their options, especially if they continue to play well with Russ. So I don't see a trade going down to after December. Mid-December, round New Year's, that's the earliest I'll see anything done. The latest trade deadline, guarding, guarding injury. So I believe the trade's going to happen, but the Lakers are looking really good. That's what I'm saying. If they play well, there's no urgency anymore to do it. And Indiana loses the ability to now ask for that second draft pick. So it, it works for both sides. I mean, it works for the Lakers, no matter how you slice that bread. Um, final thing in the NBA. Um, before we get up out of here um, for this segment, before we get into football and the like, the final thing in the NBA, um, there's some notable free agents out there. As we talked about Brooklyn earlier, um, not having much of defensive pre- presence, they are the worst defensive team in the NBA. And the striking thing, I came across this, Uncle Shea had this on his podcast, and um, one notable person that I don't know how I missed, DeAndre Jordan is still in the league right now. We just saw him the other night with Denver. Guess who's not in the league? Dwight Howard. Listen to what Dwight Howard said about him not being in the league. I really can't believe how disrespected, you know, I feel. Uh, the top 75, it really made me feel like I ain't even want to play no more, to be honest with you. Right. I was like, why am I playing? I just spent 18 years going hard as I can for the NBA fans, myself, these teams, these organizations breaking records, doing all these different things, and then I get punched in the face like that. Why am I even doing this? 
just disrespectful. That's how I felt, you know. So, like, now I'm like, man, I done did so much great things this summer. I know whatever doors I need to go through is going to be the best. Whatever I, whatever my next, if it's a team, if it's a new career, whatever it's going to be, I'm ready to walk through it. So, I would love to play more. I can still play. Uh, but whatever happens, going to happen. I really. All right. So that actually wasn't the clip I was looking for, but that's Dwight Howard talking about how he feels disrespected by the um, the NBA, how he's not in the league, how he got disrespected on um, not, uh, you know, being. And I remember that he was on the Lakers at the time when that happened. So I remember that vividly, how that went down. I think I got the clip now pulled up to about his different teams that he thought he could make a difference on. Let me see if this is it right here. They say they need a big that can shoot. And I'm like, well, y'all just had a big that can shoot. So it's like, I don't know. I don't understand it. You know, I felt like that would have been a great pickup, a big that could protect the rim, play good pick and roll defense. Rebound. Rebound. Um, the pick and roll with KD, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons. I felt like that would have been lethal with me in it because I'm going to get, I know for sure, KD and Kyrie are going to get the most wide open shots they could possibly ever get coming off a pick from me. So, and I feel like that would have been good. I feel like my uh, presence on defense is something that would have been necessary. Would you be willing to go back to the Lakers? I would have went willing to go back to the Lakers. I've been willing to go back. They told me every time we're not going to get nobody over 30 a contract, a multiple-year contract. Okay. And so I'm like, dang, I just helped y'all win an NBA championship. Right. Y'all could get your boy a meal or two or give me a meal. Right. I don't want a whole bunch of minutes. Give me 20 minutes and let me ball out. Right. Boston's the same way. They got a lot of young talent. I feel like I could have been a Bill Russell in this era, you know, with that team. You know, I'm all about defense. I understand it on a different level. That's true. That's very interesting. It's, it's like the disrespect of Dwight Howard has got to stop. This guy can definitely contribute to a championship winning team. He just did it. He just did it. So I don't understand where all this is coming from. I know he's been a knucklehead at times, and people don't want to deal with that, especially when you're that old, you're a senior citizen in the league. You can't be a knucklehead. One thing uh, DeAndre Jordan will never be is a knucklehead. He's very highly respected in this league, and I believe that you could easily play what DeAndre Jordan's playing in the league right now, but you're not because of probably a lot of the antics, and that's probably another reason why you weren't top 75 because a lot of the antics with Russell Westbrook, you couldn't, he couldn't be denied, so you have to put him in there. But with yourself, man... So I hope Dwight Howard should be picked up by teams like the Nets or the like, those who teams that don't have a lot of interior presence, especially playing in the East with um, with Giannis and Embiid over there. You're going to need him. Well, that's it for now. Um, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to get into some NFL action. You've been listening to The Time Is Now. Are you tired of spending your entire weekend at dealerships only to feel as if you got a raw deal? 
Don't you hate all the back and forth and haggling for countless hours? Imagine this. While you're at work or having dinner or just enjoying life, the people at Pure Diamond Auto are working a great deal on your behalf. With Pure Diamond Auto, they have a team of former sales and finance managers who know all the tricks of the trade. Call 562-PDA-7888 today for a free consultation. That's 562-732-7888. What can I say? I love PDA. All right, you already know what time it is. It's my favorite part of the show. It's the happy birthday, so let's go. Monona Ryder turns 51 this week, and Matthew McConaughey turns 53. Edge from the WWE turns 49 this week, and Gabrielle Union turns 50. Stevie J turns 49 this week, and Marcus Mariota turns 29. Um, from IG, the comic Adam Wahi, he turns 30 this week, and Edna Lee Chopper turns 20. Nick Saban turns 21 this week, and Tracy Ellis Ross turns 50. Odell Beckham Jr. turns 30 this week, and from the Jackson 5, Randy Jackson turns 61. Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G, turns 31 this week, and Kendall Jenner turns 27. Nia Long, Nia Long turns 52 this week, and Nelly. Nelly turns 48 this week, and Trey Lyles from the San Antonio Spurs turns 27. Ashley Graham, the model, Ashley Graham turns 35 this week, and Chris Jenner turns 67. The model, Eva Marcel, turns 38 this week, and Diddy, Diddy turns 53. Kathy Griffin turns 62 this week, and Willow Smith turns 22. Ella May turns 28 this week, and Laura Besh turns 76. That's Laura Bush, I'm sorry. The first lady, Laura Bush, turns 76. Vanilla Ice, Ice Baby, he turns 55 this week. And Colin Kaepernick took a knee. He turns 35 this week. Letitia Wright from Wakanda Forever from Black Panther. Letitia Wright turns 29 this week. And Kevin Jonas from the Jonas Brothers turns 35. Rob Schneider turns 59 this week. And Sally Field turns 76. Brian Adams, the singer. Brian Adams, the singer. He turns 63 this week. And Penn Bagley from You, from the hit series You, turns 36. Um, Fanny Newton turns 50 this week. And Luke Hemsworth, that is Thor's brother. Luke Hemsworth turns 42 this week. Anthony Ramos from Hamilton and from the In the Heights turns 31 this week. And Des Bryant, throw up that X. Des Bryant turns 34. Jenny McCarthy turns 50 this week. And Tilda Swinton turns 62. Anthony Cadiz from Red Hot Chili Peppers turns 60 this week. And Emma Stone turns 34. Ralph Macchio, the Friday Kid, turns 61 this week. And Ethan Hawke turns 52. Jocelyn, hey, Stevie. Stevie, why are you so mean to me, Stevie? Jocelyn Hernandez turns 36 this week. And Lamar Odom turns 43. Dolph Lundgren turns 65 this week. Roseanne Barr turns 70. And finally, 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 my baby girl, Maya Stafford turns nine. All right. We have honorable mention this week. We're going to build some pretty clouds over here. Bob Ross, the very, you know, lives through his art on PBS. Bob Ross, the artist, passed away in 1995, would have been 80 this week. John Candy, the hilarious actor and comedian, passed away in 1994, would have been 72 this week. Ike Turner, we all know Ike Turner. Yeah, what do you, yeah. Ike Turner, the, the, the musician and singer, passed away 2007, would have been 81 this week. And finally, Vivian Leigh, she's from, um, uh, I believe, Gone with the Wind. Vivian Leigh passed away in 1967, would have been 109 
this week. Well, that's all the birthdays we have this week, guys. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Time Is Now. Listen, man, week week eight in the NFL did not disappoint. We had stuff going on all over the place. All over the place. I'm going to start with Monday Night Football, Cleveland versus Cincinnati. Jacoby Brissett putting a whooping on them boys, man. It was phenomenal. Cleveland was just beat. Like, Cincinnati's points, 13 or whatever it was, was in garbage time. This game was out of it by the third quarter. Like, Cincinnati, Cleveland did not let up. Um, your, your boy was out there killing them. I forgot his name again. Um, I always do this when it comes. Miles Garrett, sorry. Miles Garrett was out there killing them. Killing them. And, and he was getting sacks, getting a lot of pressures on, on Burrow. And I know he didn't have Jamar Chase. I know that. And I know you got Higgins got that touchdown late, which means he was very impressive, by the way. But it was the run game. I know they're going to try. They try not to showcase Hunt because they're trying to package him up and see where he goes later today. Uh, Kareem Hunt, he should go to the Rams. We'll see what happens there. Um, a place that needs a running back, a contending team that needs a running back. I think they're all they ask for is a fourth round pick. But they was balling out. And Mari Cooper was balling. Amari Cooper had his best game, I think, as a, as a Brown. It was in a losing effort on my team because on Fantasy League, Anthony Cobbs and his Philly cheesesteaks in our league, he has a team full of Philadelphia Eagles. He's got the quarterback, the running back, uh, A.J. Brown, the top receiver, and the defense. And they all bought out this week. So I, I think I had Lamar Jackson, who did okay. Uh, but I had Amari Cooper. I, had a good, I have a good team, and I got beat. I will run down it, but we got so much other stuff to talk about, so I won't even get into that. But Cleveland Browns showed up in a divisional matchup and beat those boys down and saying, we're not out of it. And you got Watson coming back sooner than later. So you got to look out for them. You never know. They may not be out of it. And just them balling out just makes it more tough for my Raiders. My Raiders going ahead and got beat down, got stomped, got mud stomped, got molly whopped. That's why I keep trying to tell y'all, man, Derek Carr is not that dude. 24-0. Devontae Adams is the best, if not top two, next to DeAndre Hopkins. One of them two are the best two receivers in all of football. And if Michael Thomas wanted to come back to the league, he'd be up there in that number two. He told me he got one reception for three yards. One reception for three yards. Come on, somebody. You telling me that Josh Jacobs was balling out all these few weeks. Now all of a sudden he can't run. He can't get nothing. I said, what? Come on, somebody. Come on, man. Derek Carr's not that dude, man. They always say if you put pressure on him, he's going to make mistakes. He's going to throw the ball away. He's going to throw for no TDs. No top quarterback is going to have a game like that. Like I told two schools, my former co-host before, I'd rather have Jimmy G than Derek Carr, and the Raiders will be better with Jimmy G. He's a glorified game manager, but he, you know what? He doesn't make mistakes under pressure. He steps up. San Francisco was balling. No, it was not all Jimmy G. I know it had a lot to do with it with, with with their coach, Kyle Shanahan. That's another thing. Why does brother keep getting a job? What's his name? The the, the court the, the coach for the for the Raiders. I don't remember his damn name. Uh, J- Justin, whatever. Whoever his name is, he played, he keeps getting the benefit of. He gets to pick and choose which coaching job he gets to have. 
Said, oh, no, I'm going to step off. And he did horrible in Denver, as my boy Tony would tell you. He he, he, he was going to go to the Texas, and he backed up like, no, nah, I don't think I want that job. I'm, I'm going to wait for a better job. The hell? You got black people out here who are dying to get a job. You got Airbnb who still can't get a look. And this brother over here can pick and choose what jobs he gets, even though he has nothing on his resume to say that he deserves it. Oh, he was a quarterback guru to Tom freaking Brady? It was Tom Brady. Everybody should get hired then. You were the offensive coordinator for freaking Tom Brady, dude. Stop it. You did nothing. Josh McDaniels, that's your damn name. McDaniels, you didn't, you didn't do anything to deserve it, and you proved it. You became a head coach before. So should Matt Patricia get another look? No? We saw he was dog crap over there in Detroit. So what are we saying? Because Belichick does well, and because Tom Brady. Yeah, Belichick, who's the GOAT of coaches, allegedly. I still say uh, the brother over there from the Niners. I think he was pretty damn good. Um, but you got Belichick over there, top, obviously one of the top defensive-minded coaches ever in the NFL, which wins championships, as we know. And Tom Brady, who y'all consider the GOAT because he's won the most championships, even though I think Marino's still better. But when you look at everything, and, and not just Marino, um, Montana as well, I think I believe both of them are better. Um, this guy, McDaniels, gets the job. Between him and Carr, who's a bigger failure? Carr's never shown he could do anything. He did a good thing last season, but he's not good enough to get you over the hump. He's just not good enough, man. Just not good enough. So when I look at the totality of everything, and then I was going back to the Niners. The Niners beating down the Rams. The Niners, Jimmy Garoppolo, 7-0 versus the Rams, man. They're just defending Super Bowl champs, Jimmy Garoppolo. I said I'd rather have him, my Raiders, than I'd rather have Derek Carr. Find a way to make it happen. You, got, you guys have Justin Fields back there. What's his name? What's his name? Trey, Trey Lance. There you go. You got Trey Lance. I don't know. Black quarterback. They look the same. You got Trey Lance back down there. You're not going to trade Trey Lance. Jimmy. Uh, hey. We'll take Jimmy G. Then you can send Derek Carr, get some more assets because you guys don't have any more picks. Go ahead and send Carr somewhere else. We can do a three-team trade. Y'all got to get more creative like the NBA. Dude. The NBA be having three, four-team trades sometimes. Never heard about the NFL. Let's make a blockbuster deal happen because I'm tired of Derek Carr, man. Tired. So when you look at the landscape of everything, we already knew what Buffalo was going to do. What's shocking is that Seattle gave the Giants their second loss of the season. Geno Smith is not to be played with. Not to be played with. Nobody saw this happen. Nobody saw this happening, man. And um, the Philadelphia Eagles still undefeated. Man, what are we going to do about these Eagles? Fly, Eagles, fly. Still undefeated. We knew Pittsburgh's going to stink. It's going to be um, Coach Tomlin's first losing season, as I predicted when the season started. And they did a lot of help, a lot of help, a lot of help. But when you look at the Eagles, they play this Thursday night versus the Texans. They're going to be in in Texas, in, in, in Houston. I think that's another win. So they're 7-0 right now. They about to be 8-0. They about to be able, you know, after that, they come home on Monday night to play the Commanders at home. That's another win. That's 9-0. Then they play the Colts the next week after that. <laughs> Man, like, like the, the next decent matchup is the Packers, and the Packers aren't that good right now. And they're, and they're at home. Then you play the Titans after that at home. Your next decent matchup is December 11th versus the Giants in uh, New York Giants area. And that could just put a stranglehold on that division at that point. You beat the Giants, you just knocked out the number two team in your division, depending how they are at that point. Who knows if they continue to continue to win? Let's just say, sake of argument, they continue to win at that point, keep the Cowboys in third, and the Giants stay at second. Eagles <laughs> beat them, they pretty much put a stranglehold on that division. 
They put a chokehold on it by beating the Cowboys and then the Giants already. You got to see how it goes, man. Eagles play the Bears after that. The Eagles could very well, very well be, what is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They could easily be 13-1 and one in their first 14 games. Easily. Easily. Man, if they stay healthy, God help us all. God help us all. Back to my Raiders. I told everybody before the season started, not going to win more than eight games. Right now they have, what, two? The next game is against the Jaguars. They should win that game. They should. We'll see. Then they play the Colts at home. They should win that game. They should. We'll see. Then they play the Broncos. The Broncos had a resurgence over there in, in, in London. And they had a good showing after after Westlands doing all those lunges and squats or whatever like that. They beat Jacksonville over there in London. Good job, Denver. Beat them. They might be having a comeback. I predicted predicted them to win it all, but who knows? They're gonna play the the Raiders on the twentieth in Denver, and I predicted that the Raiders were gonna lose that game anyway when the season started. So did my boy Tony. Going back to that, we look at the Broncos schedule. I think the Broncos are going to the bye. They play the Titans next, and then they play the Raiders. Like I said. After that, they have the Panthers. They have a tough schedule after that. They have the Panthers, Ravens, Chiefs, and Cardinals. Ain't looking good for them, man. So me predicting them to go all the way, that might be out of the picture. And the Raiders looking like they have a tough schedule too because they got the Broncos, Seahawks, Chargers, and Rams. Whew. They just lucky to play each other coming up. But the Raiders can at least win two more games. And then after that, they have four wins. How many more games are there left in the season? They'll be lucky to win eight, like I said. So I know that's my Raiders. I know my Raider fans and everybody listening. It is what it is. And I, I can't change that for you. So uh, y'all got to live with that. Got to hold that. Got to hold that, man. So looking forward, coming up this week, what matchups, what games to watch? If you have NFL ticket, which game should you watch? Um, Chargers versus Falcons is going to be a good one. Um, four and three versus four and four. I believe the Chargers are coming off of a bye. And we'll see how that manifests. It's going to be in Atlanta. Atlanta's been balling out. Um, another good game to watch. Um, I say Green Bay versus the Lions is a good divisional matchup, but I think it's going to be a lot of offensive firepower. It'd be a fun game to watch. So I think that'll be another good one. Um, another good game to look out for would be the Rams versus the Buccaneers. That's a good game to watch. And that's going to be an afternoon game. Rams in Tampa Bay. You got golf. Not golf. <laughs> you got Matt Stafford versus Tom Brady. Let's see how much the dysfunction really works. Because um, if you put pressure on Brady, we all know what happens. So uh, the Buccaneers really need this one, but so do the Rams. The Rams really need it. They're three and four, and the Buccaneers are three and five. The Rams desperately need this one. Seahawks versus the Cardinals should be another good game. Hopkins is back, and this is another divisional matchup. Seahawks need to keep this win to keep a stranglehold in that division. Cardinals need this win to keep us to, to put themselves back in contention of it all. So we got to see how that happens. The Seahawks are still number one in the division. And we, you know, we talked a lot about the Niners and with Christian McCaffrey with a, the catch of the touchdown, throwing a touchdown, and rushing a touchdown, the triple crown, third time in history that's ever happened. Um, we're talking about the Niners as if the Seahawks are still not the top team in that division. So the way that everything's looking out right now, they, they could probably squeeze into a wild card spot, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, Ravens Saints is actually sneakily a good game to watch the way the Saints have been playing as of late and the way the Ravens just now requiring Roquan Smith they just got Roquan Smith from the Bears the Bears are just, just burning everything down getting rid of everything and um, that's what the, the Ravens desperately needed they can now start to hang their hat Roquan Smith the best player on the Bears not just the best defensive player the best player 
A week after his defensive tackle, one of his best friends, one of the highest paid players on the team, got, got traded away. And him crying about it. Now he gets to go ahead and go to a contender as well. I believe his defensive tackle went to the Eagles, if I'm not mistaken. Now he gets to go ahead and go to the Ravens. So the Ravens, to see how they retool Monday night versus the Saints and see if they can put a, a big pressure down on those Saints. Saints got some interesting plays by having Taysom Hill back there. And let's see if they bring uh, Jameis Winston back on that one because the Ravens never seem to have, they have a pretty lax defensive backs. So you have to worry about Jameis Winston's probably throwing it away. But what you don't want to do is to make him two lags versus the Ravens who could come back and get a resurgence of themselves now with Raekwon Smith. Who knows? Who knows? So um, it'll be interesting to see who they're going to start in that position. So that'll be another good matchup to watch. Right now, the current standings of it all, top team in the AFC still the Bills, 6-1. and one. The Jets are still in it for wild card contention because the top team in the AFC West, which we thought was going to be the best division in all the sports, 5-2. and two. And then the Chargers are barely there at 4-3. and three. <laughs> AFC North, even though the Browns just won, make it three and five, and they just beat the Bengals. The Bengals still on top of them with four and four record. And the Ravens on top, six, five, and three. And like I said, the Steelers two and six after eight weeks. So it's going to be tough. They're, 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 they're pretty much done. AFC South, Titans, five and two, still running that division like, like they should. It's a very whack division. Um, NFC East, the only undefeated team, and right now looking like the best team in all of football, the Eagles, seven and oh. Cowboys now leapfrog the Giants at six and two because the Cowboys beat the Giants, so that's how they work. They have the tiebreaker, and the Giants are still six and two. So you got two; those are two wild card seeds right there. There's only, I think, there's what three wild card teams, three wild card seeds. So two of them are going right there at the NFC East. That's why winning the NFC West is imperative. And you got three teams, well, really four teams that are all really good teams. Now the D Hop's back with the Cardinals. The Rams are still the defending champs with a lot of star power. The 49ers are those guys that got all those trades to go down. And the Seahawks are still winning that division. As of right now, they have a game lead over the 49ers. So that's tough because you might not get a wild card seat out of that division. If so, it might be the last wild card seat because um, actually, yeah, that that's actually true. That's pretty accurate, which is scary. We'll get to that in a second. So they might get one wild card seat out of there. But the fact of the matter is that Seahawks, 49ers, and Rams, who's going to get it? Damn, that's tough. And NFC North, the Vikings running away with that division, 6-1. and one. The next team after that is the Packers at 3-5. and five. The Packers might as well just pack it in. Looking pretty bad. I mean, out of the final wild card spot, you're only about a game, game and a half or so behind. But so are the Bears. And the Bears are already packed it in already. And the Lions, you guys are done. You might as well pack your season up. One and six, it's, it's a wrap. Um, the, the curse of the hard knocks continues. NFC South, the Falcons lead that division. That's Tampa Tom, <laughs> three and five. Right now, losing three straight. Falcons taking over that division at four and four. They're gonna Whoever wins that division goes to the playoffs. Whoever, whoever doesn't win it is out. And the Buccaneers, that's why this next matchup is big. But it's not looking favorable for them to win it because the Bucs play the Rams, and the Rams need it, and so do the Bucs. It's desperate. That's a big game to watch. So let's see what happens there. That's an afternoon game. If you have the Sunday ticket, you need to get that one. Mm. That's going to be a good one. Um, enough of football. Did everybody forget we got the World Series going on? We have the World Series going on, and does anybody care? I don't know. Like, nobody watches one and one Astros versus Phillies that play tonight at 5 5.03 p.m. Pacific time. Big whoop. Nobody cares. They're playing in Philadelphia. It's going to be like a 2 o'clock game. Afternoon game. People are at school still. 
they'll show up for the seventh inning stretch, I guess. Nobody cares. Nobody's talking about it. It's like when you look at all the major cycles, nobody's really talking about it. They won't talk about it until it's the elimination time, until it's time for you to win it all. And I can say, at least in the NBA, they'll talk about the they'll talk about the finals. Let, you know, the casual fans will know about the finals game one and be watching it. That, that I'm t- At least that. Baseball, when they ain't got no big markets or, or people who actually give a damn watching it, it's like MLS. Nobody, it's like hockey. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Uh, I'm, hey man, need to get more black people in it or something. Um, you need to have more local heroes because right now the Dominicans and, and the Latin community run it and the people in America ain't watching it really too much, especially when it's teams like the Astros that everybody hates and the Phillies who nobody really even recognizes or acknowledges unless you are in Philadelphia. Phillies have been relevant in many, 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 many years. Only reason why I even know about the Phillies and they're fitted is because the Pyru uh, Bloods be wearing it all the time. So all the Philly fans I know in LA are bro- a bunch of Bloods. So that that's that. So, um, you know, nobody gives a damn about them right about now. So anywho, <clears throat> before we get out of here, I've been trying to catch up on different things. Um, I did finish something. I just can't remember what I finished. Um, some documentaries. Oh, my God. I don't know how I forgot. Um, the Tua Tongue of Aloha, the untold story on Tua. I don't know if that was Netflix or HBO Max. Whichever one that it's on, y'all gotta watch that, man. I got emotional. And at first, I didn't know all the details and everything like that. Yes, this, this, this person who tricked him he did not. He was not complicit at all. There's no, no, this person got his whole family tied into it. They have people who who did the voiceovers to see if it's even possible. They says one out of thirty thousand, and this person was just like, I'm telling. I think this person's schizophrenic. I think this person's a mastermind, e- evil. When you watch it, you're like, and and then. Like, I don't even see how this person's still alive. Like, uh, you should be getting death threats. Like, this is crazy. Like, you ruined this man's life. And it was like, when you watch it, you're like, dude, you got to be diabolical. This person was so self-absorbed. You have to watch. You guys have to watch it. The Tua Tucker of a Lower story is heart-wrenching. And I didn't know that it went that deep. I was like a lot of people who wrote him off saying, oh, you knew or, or you were hiding your sexuality. That all comes up in there. Oh, there's no way. How do you not know? Man, when you see the levels, the levels of deceit, the levels of trickery. And and, and like I said, this person has to be like a diabolical, evil, self-absorbed narcissist. And also schizophrenic. Like, it's no way. You have to watch it. You have to watch it. I'm going to watch Black Adam coming up pretty soon, of course. And the next week after that, I'm going to watch Wakanda Forever. I don't do premieres. I do like a week or three, four or five days later. And I might catch it in the daytime when everyone's at school or work. Because I can do that at home my own company. Ding! But, um, yeah, I'm going to catch up on those. But, I, man, I have to tell you about that. Go ahead and watch that. All right. <clears throat> well, that's it for this week. And um, you guys enjoy the rest of your day. You've been listening to The Time Is Now. Have a great day, people. We do not have the rights to this music.
What's happening? What's happening? Hey, hey, it's boy LaJoy. LaJoy. Pick your me, click your me, click. What's up, Fody? What's happening? What's up, Sean Paul? What's happening? Hey, now ladies and gentlemen, uh-huh. it's about that time to turn this thing on now. Now let me see everybody do this.
MAGA Republicans who are infecting the party, Herschel Walker actually has a long history with Trump. Back in the 1980s, he played football for Donald Trump's USFL team until the whole league collapsed, which, of course, it did. I mean, if Trump <laughs> is a part of anything, it will collapse. Yeah, I bet if Donald Trump goes to heaven, in six weeks, God will be at the, at the pawn shop like, I don't understand. Ah, what happened? It was so successful. How much will you give me for the pearly gates? <laughs> but since then, the two men have stayed in the same mental league, and it's not hard to see why. You see, just like Trump, Walker believes the election was stolen. Just like Trump, he believes that January 6th wasn't Trump's fault. And just like Donald Bleach Trump, Herschel Walker has some interesting ideas on how to cure COVID. Herschel Walker raved about what he calls a dry mist that can kill COVID in an interview in 2020. Do you know right now I have something that can bring you into a building that will clean you from COVID as you walk through this, this dry mist? As you walk through the door, it will kill any COVID on your body, EPA, FDA approved. When you leave, it will kill the virus as you leave this here product. Do you know they don't want to talk about that? Yeah, I wonder why they don't want to talk about that. <laughs> walk through a dry mist? It sounds to me like Herschel Walker accidentally walked through a car wash. <laughs> they got a secret COVID machines that'll spray you clean, dry you off, and then a guy comes out and vacuums your butt, but they don't want to talk about that. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. Anyone can say something silly. Anyone can make a dumb mistake. But what makes Herschel Walker special is that, just like Trump, he seems proud to be ignorant. A head-scratcher from Georgia's Republican Senate nominee, Herschel Walker. Walker downplaying expectations ahead of his debate with Senator Raphael Warnock telling reporters, I'm not that smart. Republican Herschel Walker declaring that there are 52 states in America. He's written and has given interviews about playing Russian roulette with a gun. Georgia Senate candidate Herschel Walker is making headlines after his comments about evolution. Now think about this, because at one time, science said man came from apes. Did it not? If that is true, why are there still apes? Yeah. If there's humans, then why are there still apes? If there's an iPhone, how come my grandma still has a landline? Checkmate, Charles Darwin. How does that happen? I will say, it is refreshing to see a politician just straight up say, I'm not that smart. I like that. You don't usually see politicians acknowledging their flaws straight up. Like, you never heard Bill Clinton go, look, the truth is, I just love getting ahead. It's one of my top three hobbies, for sure. It's just the kind of thing I do, what can I say? Oh, and, and just like Trump boasts about being the world's best golfer, Herschel Walker is a master at reimagining his own success. Before and during his campaign, Walker has lied repeatedly. He falsely claimed to have graduated in a top percentile from the University of Georgia. He exaggerated claims about the success of his businesses. Georgia Senate candidate Herschel Walker misstated his income on federal documents by more than $3 million. Walker has reportedly overstated his role with the for-profit group, accused of taking advantage of military veterans. In a 2017 speech, Walker said this. I work with the Cobb County Police Department, and I have been in criminal justice all my life. Then two years later, while giving a speech to soldiers, he said, I spent time at Quantico at the FBI training school. Y'all didn't know I was an agent? They didn't know, because he wasn't. And according to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the Cobb County Police Department said they have no record of any involvement with Walker. God damn. 
Herschel Walker basically lied about every aspect of his life. He probably shows up at the airport gate like, as a first responder, a military veteran, and a baby under two years old, I get to board this plane first. <laughs> also, I'm the pilot. Whee! <laughs> now, one of the main reasons Republicans love Herschel Walker is because, as a black man, he's never afraid to tell black men what they're doing wrong. Pull up your pants, smile at the police, and let white people touch your hair. It's good luck, you know? <laughs> In fact, one of the things, one of the major things that Herschel Walker focused on again and again and again was how much he hated that black men love abandoning their children, something white men never do. And then we found out the abandoning was coming from inside the house. For years, he has repeatedly criticized black men who leave their children. But tonight, Georgia's Republican nominee for U.S. Senate, Herschel Walker, is admitting that he has a 10-year-old son who he didn't raise. Court documents show that the boy's mother had to sue him for paternity and child support. Just a day after news broke that Walker had a secret 10-year-old son, the Daily Beast discovered that Walker actually has two more additional children he has never publicly acknowledged. Yeah, that's right. Not one, but three secret children. How do you even keep that many kids secret? I mean, at some point, <laughs> you gotta confuse their names. It's like, I love you, Susan. I mean, Claire. I mean, Frank. I mean, Susan. You are Susan, and I love you. <laughs> and look, here's the thing. Understand this. It doesn't matter to me how many kids you have or with how many people, all right? I think in America, there's too much moralizing around some of these issues, but... It does matter if you spend all your time vilifying other men for doing the same thing that you do. You're vilifying them. You're calling them out. Oh, it's because they're black men. And you know it, it's not. It's bullshit. You know? And this always happens, too. It always happens. When a politician comes down weirdly hard on a specific group of people, that's when you should be suspicious. You know, they come down on one thing. There's always a politician that's like, we have to stop these perverts that love to lick the back of people's knees at the public pool. <laughs> like... I think this dude licks the back of people's knees. <laughs> so Walker loves conspiracies. He lies about his achievements. And I guess just like Trump, he pretends he doesn't have some of his kids. <laughs> and right now, if you're thinking there's no way Herschel Walker could be more hypocritical than this, well, I hope you didn't place a bet. There is a new twist in the pivotal Senate race in Georgia. The website The Daily Beast is reporting Republican candidate Herschel Walker paid for a woman he was dating to get an abortion in 2009. Georgia Republican Senate candidate Herschel Walker says he is pro-life and supports a nationwide abortion ban with no exceptions. But new reporting from The Daily Beast claims he encouraged a woman he was dating in 2009 to get an abortion and help pay for it. The woman, whose identity was not published, provided the Daily Beast with a receipt for the procedure, a Get Well card, and an image of a $700 check allegedly signed by Walker. Wow. An anti-abortion Republican caught paying for his girlfriend's abortion? That is a bombshell. Especially because he left behind so much proof. I mean, this woman says that she has a receipt, a check, and a get well card <laughs> that he signed. The only way there could be more of a paper trail is if he bought a souvenir t-shirt from the abortion clinic's <laughs> gift shop. <laughs> and now, believe it or not, believe it or not, this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to Herschel Walker, right? He has multiple allegations of domestic abuse against him, including from his ex-wife. His own son, who is a prominent conservative, has said most of the stories are true. And Herschel Walker himself said that sometimes he couldn't control his own brain. But despite all of this, 
he still has the full support of the Republican Party, including a top aide to Mitch McConnell, who just today said, it's full speed ahead in Georgia. Yeah, because clearly McConnell's like, look, it's not my baby daddy, why do I care? <laughs> and so you see, as the midterm elections approach, day after day, we're seeing that Donald Trump has completely transformed what being a conservative means. Because less than a decade ago, a candidate this hypocritical, this flawed, and this off the rails would not have had the support of the party. But because now winning is more important than any principle or any value that these politicians once held, they're willing to go full speed ahead, even if it means going full speed into a brick wall. This is the state of things. This is how it's been for quite some time. It just became more glaring obvious since they elected Trump to be in office. We saw all the coonery come to a mess. We saw everything happen before our eyes and you were sitting here still flabbergasted how that could be. Because we went from having one of the most distinguished presidents in quite some time because we're still recovering from Bush. Clinton getting head in the Oval Office. We get someone as peerless as President Obama. And he had to be, to be a black president. I'm not going to get into how many black presidents we actually had before then, but someone we knew going into was a black president with a very, very black Africanized name. Yeah. So that's really what it is. Not someone like Andrew Jackson or, or, or Thomas Jefferson, like these guys and who Thomas Jefferson actually owned slaves. We, it, it's, you're not going to, he's someone who passed. We're not going to get into all that. My point is. When we see all the buffoonery and coonery, and it lets you know when people vote for these people, how this country really is. A lot of people, we live on the outskirts in major cities, those who are living in the Bay, Northern California and Southern California, and actually a lot of people in Southern California are very, very dumb and ignorant too. We won't get into that. We're just talking about the people, the elites of those areas. Then you go into all the other major areas of this country and all the different places where they have um, a very good educational system. Then there's the 68% of us in middle of uh, middle North America, middle United States, who are highly ignorant by design and who do not dwell in the truth. They find comfort in lies. They like being lied to. That's all they know. That's all they've been bred since this country's genesis. They like to believe that they are the greatest country on earth and we, woo, woo, America. And when they hear the truth, they run from it. Oh no, I can't believe that because it goes against everything I believe already. Because what I believe is this, that, and that I'm being cheated and that I am this and, and, and Christ looks like me and I'm the chosen one. And if you say anything different, you're a liar. But I showed you facts, those facts are lies, false, fake news. That's the country we live in. I would say that's probably the world we live in. And it's scary sometimes. I'm like, how do we change this place for the better? If we have people, the majority are willingly ignorant. How? What do we do exactly? People always say, since I was born, you said peace on earth, peace in the Middle East. They used to say all these different things. How can we have peace if we have so many people that are, 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 are gauged and ran by greed? We have a nation of people that are willingly ignorant 
And, and ignorant, it doesn't mean stupid. Ignorant means lack of knowledge, lack of knowing. But I will couple that and say people who are highly uneducated as well. Now, we, that doesn't mean we need a world full of rogue scholars. No, it's not what I'm saying. There's always going to be idiots and there's always going to be the retarded. Now, listen, people, before you try to cancel me, that's actually a term. It, 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 there are people are who are mentally retarded. So what? Retarded means different things. You know, retardation, something to, to bring back or draw back, whatever. My point is this. There are always going to be people who are extremely intelligent. They're going to be the middle people. And then they're going to be people at the bottom. The problem that we're facing right now, that the middle has become the bottom. It's literally elite, smart, and this big old area of dumbasses. And that's the problem. It's like a triangle. It's like a pyramid. You have like a less than 1% that are really smart, that are elite intelligence, high level intelligence. Some of them may be dastardly in the mind. They're so smart, they may be evil, but I'm going to get into that. Then you have like another 2% that are pretty damn smart. Then you probably have like another 3% that are educated. And then the rest are a bunch of babbling idiots. That's scary. If you watch the movie The Idiocracy, you'll start, you're gonna, you'll see what I mean, but you're going to have a world of people because of the fact that the intelligent people are not producing at a fast enough pace. You're going to have the Herschel Walkers of the world being the president of the United States. Like President Camacho, who was Terry Crews in Idiocracy. You got to watch that movie. These guys got to the point where they were watering their grass with Gatorade. Watering the crops with Gatorade, wondering why they couldn't grow. It has electrolytes. <laughs> you got to watch the movie. This is what's possibly going to happen. A world full of idiots. Not knowing their asses from the ears. And we're all caught up in the same crap. And at the end of the day, I just want us to have a harmonious life. I want a world without famine. I want a world where everyone's housed and clothed. I want a world where we all can get a decent education. I want a world where we don't sit there and have to rob and steal and kill each other. Now, even though there may be people who do that, they'll be shunned upon. And the penalty will be extreme. They'll be casted out to space. I want a world where things can just be better, where it's actually implored upon to be just good. Just good. Tell the truth. Be kind. Open the door for someone. Pull out a chair. Pay people what they're worth. Everyone earning a decent living and have a quality of life where we have clean water and air. That's it. No more toxins in the food because you want to make as much as possible because you want to just produce as much as possible. When there's so much food being produced, we waste more food than we can actually eat. And guess what? There's still people who go to bed starving at night. How? You see my point? All I'm saying is, I want a world where we can just be better. And I hope I can see it before I die. I'm tired of what I'm seeing here right now. It's just not becoming. I feel like the world's going in reverse. I don't know. Until next time. You can win as long as you keep your head to the sky. Be optimistic. Mm -hmm.
Well, that's it this week, guys. Another great week. Another great show. Man, oh, man, oh, man. What a great show this week. I really appreciate y'all for rocking me once again. The music choice this week was Snap Your Fingers by Lil John Eastside Boys and E. Bongarelli. Go ahead and give that some spins, classic hit, some good, good stuff. Remember, if you like the show, please like it. And if you can share it, and if, of course, of course, subscribe. Now it's time for our final word. What misery is mine? I am like one who gathers summer fruit at the cleaning of the vineyard. There is no cluster of grapes to eat, none of the early figs that I crave. The faithful have been swept from the land, not one upright person remains. Everyone lies in wait to shed blood. They hunt each other with nets. Both hands are skilled in doing evil. The ruler demands gifts. The judge accepts bribes. The powerful dictate what they desire. They all conspire together. The best of them is like a briar. The most upright worse than a thorn hedge. The day of God visits you has come. The day your watchmen sound the alarm. Now is the time of your confusion. Do not trust a neighbor. Put no confidence in a friend. Even with the woman who lies in your embrace, guard the words of your lips. For a son dishonors his father. A daughter rises up against her mother. A daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the members of his own household. But as for me, I watch in the hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. Micah 7, 1 through 7. Remember, spread love, share love, embrace love, for God is love. Until next time, peace.